know, the youth group has been doing the coffee connections, you know, the first Sunday of the month, just for your uh, knowledge to know when they're doing that. And Chip warned me today, he said, you know, you might have to be a little warning there. Everybody's getting that sugar. It'll probably kick in by the time they sit down after the song service. And, um, you know, I've never had any trouble, really, with, with people, you know, falling asleep in a Sunday morning service. Um, but if it starts... Um, I'm going to implement something, and that's going to be, if you're falling asleep, I'm going to ask you to stand up, okay? <laughs> Put a little pressure on you there. Hey, uh, Sunday nights, you know, I, I'm, I'm standing, so it's hard for me to fall asleep up here. Um, but uh, Sunday nights, sometimes, I understand you get tired. Wednesday nights especially. Um, I see the nod sometimes, but you know what? I'm glad you're here, you know? Uh, but I'm not going to give you any excuses on Sunday morning. You need to go to bed on time. Get to church, feel good, worship. You shouldn't be falling asleep on Sunday morning. I've never seen I've never seen that chip, but if it starts today, I know why. So if you start falling asleep, you're gonna to have to stay away from the donuts, all right, when we have that. I if I eat that kind of sugar, I tell you I, I go to sleep fast. Now those carbs hit me and I'm a mess. Open your Bibles to Titus chapter one. Uh, last week we looked at some things regarding the qualifications of the pastor. And we dealt mainly with his moral deportment, his moral character. Uh, that is first and foremost. And as we said last week, it doesn't really matter how well he can preach the Word of God. No matter if he knows Greek, Hebrew, if he's a great expositor. Uh, boy, he just knows all kinds of languages. He's a great illustrator in his messages. Uh, he's just a powerhouse in the pulpit. Boy, when he thunders the Word of God, when he stands up, listen... If his moral deportment is ungodly, he's not fit for the ministry. And so while all of those things can be advantageous and can be good to the ministry and good tools, and he should seek and pursue those in accordance to his ability, uh, at the same time, if he does not have a, a, a life that is moral in accordance with the Word of God, as we looked at last week, uh, he's not uh, qualified. Now, what we want to deal more with now, not just qualifications, and this, this fits into qualifications too, because in his qualifications, he's, he's responsible to do some things. And so, but we're going to focus a little bit more on those responsibilities. And most of those responsibilities, of course, surround the ministry of prayer and the ministry of the Word of God. Uh, but let's read um, Titus uh, chapter 1 and verses 5 through 9. We read in, uh, Timothy last week, but... But there's something here that Paul adds to Titus in talking to him that we want to spring from this morning. Uh, Titus chapter 1, start with verse 5. For this reason I left you in Crete that you should set in order the things that are lacking and appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. If a man is blameless, we looked at these things last week from Timothy, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of dissipation or insubordination, for a bishop must be blameless as a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but hospitable, a lover of what is good, sober-minded, just. We looked at all those things last week. Holy, self-controlled. We looked at all those things last week. Then verse 9, holding fast the faithful word as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convict those who contradict. Let's pray. Father, help us as we uh, begin looking this morning at some things regarding the uh, responsibilities of the pastor. 
And Father, I help me through this that I would be reminded, Lord, of, of what You have called me into, what You've qualified me for, and that I would carry out the work of the ministry faithfully. Lord, to be faithful and Lord, my deportment and my walk, to be faithful, Lord, in the proclamation of the Word of God, to be diligent and study, to study, to show myself approved unto You, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the, the Word of truth. Help us, Father, to see how important it is that uh, I stay true first and foremost to You and to Your Word. I pray, Lord, that that would be uh, what would be the, the primary ministry of this church, would be the ministry of the Word of the Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, and amen. All right, so another qualification as well as a responsibility uh, is that the pastor, elder, bishop, whatever we want to call him, uh, he needs to be uh, sound in doctrine. He needs to be sound in doctrine. Doctrine is important. He needs to have, uh, you know, a good attitude. Uh, that's all part of it. Uh, but he needs to be sound in doctrine as well. In other words, we can't dismiss, you know, what a man teaches because he's just a really nice guy. You know, his, he, he's, he's really kind in the pulpit and all of that. I should be kind in the pulpit. I should, be, I should have the fruits of the Spirit as I preach. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, goodness, meekness, temperance. That should be my character as I abide in Christ and walk with Christ. But also, within that love should be truth, love, Rejoices not in iniquity, and love rejoices in truth. And so, uh, while I, I need to, to be that, that kind, gentle person like Christ, I also must also be uh, doctrinally sound. Not only morally sound, but doctrinally uh, sound. And, uh, and so many times, you know, people you know, jump around to, to churches and are more interested sometimes in, in, in other things other than the, the preaching of the Word of God. And I don't want us to ever be like that. Listen, I love our ministries. That should all be centered around the Word of God. I like our youth groups. That should be centered around the Word of God. There's a place for fun and games, a place for ministry, all of those things. But the main thrust of the ministry should always be the Word of God. And we need to, to do that even more and more. Uh, but it's more than even just saying that. It's being true to that. And we need to make sure that, that we are doctrinally sound, that we seek to identify with what the Word of God teaches. Um, like I said, it's not enough to, to have uh, programs in the church. Uh, we, we need to have the Word of God. That's our main program. That's our main agenda, is to faithfully proclaim uh, the Word of God. That's my, one of my main missions here as your pastor, is to stand here and to teach, Thus saith the Lord. That's my main objective here when I stand up here before you. And God will hold me to that. And I understand that. And like I said last week, that's a fearful thing even to think about. And so I need to be a lover of truth. A lover of truth. I need to love the truth of God's Word. And that should be evident in how I speak the truth and how I handle the Word of God. There needs to be that desire for truth. Uh, from the man of God. And that should be evident. And hopefully that will rub off on, on our children. And it rubs off on you. And, and we pass that down, that, that love for the truth of God's Word. We need to be identified by what the Word of God teaches and not what we want it to say. It must guide our thinking and what we uh, believe. And we need to be faithful uh, to that. Now, when you think about your pastor and his ministry, uh, turn to Acts chapter 6 if you would. Here we have... 
a good little description of a couple things that, that I am admonished uh, by the Word of God uh, to do. And it really sets the responsibilities of the pastor really under two main headings uh, here. Here the church is called upon uh, to really seek out what we has come, have come to see over the years as deacons because they needed to help the, the widows and, and to help in the daily ministration of them and the physical needs of the, of the body of the church there. And uh, the apostles here in, in Acts chapter uh, 6, and start with verse 2, uh, they say this, Then the twelve summoned the multitude of the, of the disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the Word of God and serve tables. Now, I don't think we should take this to mean, well, the pastor can't ever do any type of work of service, uh, you know, in the sense of, 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 a, of a physical service. I, I mean, it's not wrong, people, for me to help set up tables. <laughs> Uh, you know, when we go to the MC, it's not wrong. I enjoy doing that. But if I'm the only one over doing it, it's taking all my time, we got a problem, right? And that's not a problem here. Uh, but other physical needs in the church, there's nothing wrong with me, you know, going by and helping somebody physically uh, with, with something. Uh, but the problem here is, is if there was, the need was, was so great that if the apostles would have sought to it, it would have kept them so busy, they wouldn't have had time to do these other things. And so they needed men to step up and to take care of those things, and so they chose out men to do that. And so that is not to be my primary part of the ministry. Should it be a part of, of what I do? I think so, because we've seen his qualifications. He's supposed to be what? Hospitable. He's been hospitable. And so he, he's to be caring and loving to the flock of God. Uh, but we've got to be careful that it gets lopsided. And what happens sometimes is, is I think pastors of small churches, especially sometimes, there's a lot that goes on them, and they're taking care of a lot of things, not just uh, the preaching and those kind of things, but they're doing a lot of the physical things around the church. I've known of some pastors where they were responsible for, for cleaning the church, taking care of the church, and they had to do everything. Uh, and it, was, it, it gets lopsided. They can't focus even on the ministry. And sometimes those were even uh, pastors who, who had to work a full-time job. And it just shouldn't be like that. If you have any men at all in the church, they should seek to step up and, and help uh, the pastor with those things to relieve him of that burden. And so that's the problem that was taken here. So, so not to mean that, that I should never do anything that would be identified as serving tables. Uh, I, I like helping people and those things, and that should be part of it. Uh, but obviously there was the, the temptation here to become uh, lopsided in their ministry. And so they say this, and I think this is important. I pointed this out before as we focused on prayer, uh, that they say it's not meat for us to serve tables. And he says uh, this, he says, verse 3, Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. I mean, even this job of helping the widow, widows, listen, this isn't just some job. This is an important task that men who are of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, we need that kind of man to do that as well. But then he says, whom we may appoint over this business. He says, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the Word. I mean, prayer is mentioned first. I mean, what is Jesus Christ doing right now? He's at the right hand of the Father doing what? Making intercession for us. People don't realize this sometimes, but prayer is work. 
I mean, praying for, for uh, the people that I minister to. I think it was a Samuel that, that told the nation of Israel, he says, God forbid that I should sin against God and cease to pray for you. I mean, one of the, the main aspects of, of my ministry here is to, to, to pray for your soul before God. And, and that's what a pastor should do. Now, you don't see that. You don't know about all that. Uh, but that's what I should be doing. And when you're caught up sometimes in more of the physical elements of, of, of the things uh, of the church, then sometimes that can take away from that or distract you from that. But prayer is first. And then he says, and the ministry of the Word. Prayer and the ministry of the Word. And I put it put in that order, and I think it should be put in that order. How can I properly, if, if you would, prepare and work and labor in the ministry of the Word at my desk and, and, and to prepare the Word of God if I have not spent time praying over your souls and seeking the Lord and praying for you and your families and you that are lost and, and maybe that are not walking with the Lord or whatever it might be if I don't have you rightfully in my mind as I should as, as an under shepherd should how can I then really go in and, and adequately if you would labor in the word of God without considering the state of the flock of God See, I'm called upon to consider those things and to know the flock of God. Turn to Acts chapter 20, if you would. Acts chapter 20. I mean, my, my call here is a passion. My responsibility is to feed and nourish the church with the Word of God. That's my first responsibility, is to feed and nourish the church with the Word of God. But in Acts chapter 20 and verse uh, 28, it says, therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock. There's that take heed to yourselves and to all the flock. I mean, how can I take care of the church of the living God if I'm not where I need to be, right? Take care of yourselves and to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd. Now, we know the Lord is the great shepherd, but the pastor is also identified as a shepherd. To shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples uh, after themselves. And so here we see some more instruction here for the elders or pastor uh, of the church. He must be committed to... Uh, to be disciplined and, and to the study and a preaching of the Word of God to the flock that is among them. And I'm called here an overseer or a shepherd. Why? Because God has committed your souls to my trust in this ministry. So I, I want to take that serious. It should be taken serious. Very serious. Believe me, it hits me sometimes harder than I would like for it to. Uh, but one of the reasons that, that he encourages this or instructs this is he says, because even among you, he says, there are going to be some that may rise up and to teach against the Word of God. He says, there are some that won't care about the flock, the savage wolves who, who creep in among you. I mean, I would hate for that to happen, but for those who rise up among our own ranks that, that try to lead the church from the Word of God. And so... That's one of the reasons why the pastor's got to know the Word of God and preach and teach the Word of God and live the Word of God 
Because, God forbid, if there's a terror that rises up with influence and, and begins to, to teach against the Word of God, I mean, He needs to, to, to instill within the people of, of the church what is the Word of God and the truth because He is called upon to defend the church from that. Who, who is to protect the sheep? It is the shepherd. I'm called the shepherd. You would be surprised in the life of the pastor how many times he has done things to protect the church. I don't get up here and say, I did this to protect, I did this to protect. Things happen. In fact, sometimes you make difficult decisions and say, you know what, this isn't good for the church. And sometimes you find out some people aren't good for the church. You don't know all those things. But pastor makes those decisions because sometimes wolves do try. To creep in and try to hurt the church. It doesn't happen that often, but when it does, you need a pastor who's willing to stand up to that, to exhort that, to rebuke that. If not, then the church is tempted to fall into error if the pastor is not willing to stand up to wolves and he's not a faithful teacher of the Word of God. Now, what are, what are, another one of the reasons why I am, I am to feed and to nourish the church with the Word of God is that one of my purposes in doing that is to equip you, equip you to do the ministry. And that's sometimes what we don't think about. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. We, we think about, you know, with a pastor, he's the minister, the minister to us, and that is true. But my purpose, one of my, one of my purposes in ministering to you is to, so that you can minister to one another and to the people in your life. One of my purposes to minister to you is so you might be equipped with the Word of God yourself to go from here and to share the Word of God with, with your own family, with your own friends, with your own co-workers, with the world. In Ephesians chapter 4, we'll just start reading verse 11. And he, gave, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. For what purpose? He says, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry is not, and referred to there, is not the work of the pastor or the teachers. The work of the ministry is talking about the saints that the pastor is ministering to. One of my purposes is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry so that you can do ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. I mean, that's my job, but it's also part of your job to edify the body of Christ. He says, Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children. And so part of my purpose is to feed and nourish you with the Word of God so that we would grow up to be what? Ministers of the Word ourselves. The whole church would so we would become more like Jesus Christ, who is the Word. To a measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that, that is my purpose, is to equip you uh, with the Word of God, so that we might become more like Jesus Christ, that we would grow up, be mature Christians, that we all might be able to be stable, no longer children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of cunning craftiness of deceitful men are plotting, but so that you might be able to speak the truth in love and may grow up in Him in all things. I mean, so that's part of my ministry so that we would be like that. 
So I have a big job to do, you see. A lot of responsibility there so that we can all do the ministry. And so first and foremost, one of the things that I'm responsible for is to feed and to nourish the church with the Word of God. And also to lead the flock by example. In first chapter, in first Peter, in first Peter five, I, I love these verses here. And listen, when I when I preach these things, listen, it, it's as a pastor, I'm like, I mean, most of my sermons, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm after you guys, you know, giving you the word of God, telling you what you need to do. Let me tell you, what, these, these kind of, and I need to do those things too. Don't, don't get me wrong. I think about that. But this one is very directed. I mean, this is what I should be doing. So it's like, it's tough, you know, um, to think about these things and remind myself of these things. But it's encouraging at the same time because I, I, I want to live by what the word of God teaches and by what it says I should be and do. But in 1 Peter 5 and verse 1, the elders who are among you, among you I exhort. I am, I who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God. So there's the word shepherd is used again. Shepherd the flock of God, which is what? Among you. Among you. Listen, my... My chief responsibility as pastor is to pastor this church. Not to pastor the church down the road. The flock of God which is among you. Right? Do you, you understand that? That's first. It's not to pastor the, the, the church in, in another state. My first responsibility isn't the whole world. <laughs> My first responsibility, not saying I can't do things to share the Word of God with the world, I'm just saying my first, my, as a pastor, my first responsibility in shepherding is this church. I, can't I can preach the Word of God and people can hear that in other places and we have sermon audio and other means of that, but at the same time, I cannot effectively be their pastor or their shepherd. Not... not Think of it like this, we're like unto a shepherd. How well could a shepherd lead a flock of sheep? Is that right? Yeah, all right, I want to make sure I got that right. A flock of sheep that he's not around. How could a shepherd lead a flock of sheep that's on the other side of the hill? How could a shepherd flock of sheep that's in another state? It can't happen, Right? Well, that's right, Pastor. You, need, you are our pastor, and I, I'm glad you think that. And at the same time, we've got to be careful of this as well, to understand this, that, that as it, Acts taught, that the Holy Spirit has appointed me as overseer, right, and as a shepherd of your souls. I love good preaching. I, I like to listen to good preaching. I, I listen to some uh, sermons uh, people send me, uh, if you ever want a good sermon sent to you, Nick's your man. I mean, he sends me sermons all the time. I like it. I like listening to good sermons. And they, they bless me and they encourage me. But as much as that may help me and as much as those things may help you as individuals, you might listen to, to preachers on the radio. That's good. I like to listen to that myself. But those men are not your pastor. They're not among you. They're not with you. They don't know you. 
There's benefit, there's blessing in listening to them. I'm not discouraging that, by no means. But God has placed me as a pastor for certain reasons. John MacArthur is not your pastor. And I like John MacArthur. Alistair Begg is not your pastor. He might have a cooler accent, but he's not your pastor. <laughs> Vadi Bachman is not your pastor. I'm not saying anything against listening to these guys, okay? I like them too. But there's a relationship that the pastor and a church member can have that you're not going to get there by listening to someone on the radio all the time or on the internet. The relationship isn't there. You don't know them and they don't know you. And they don't labor over your souls in prayer before God and cry out to God by name for you specifically. You'll get a lot of good out of them and hearing the Word of God preached, but you're not going to get that. Does that make sense? It's a special relationship we have. And I want to build that and grow that. I've been in ministry for quite a while now. And um, I just, I mean, when the Lord called me into ministry, and I remember somebody asking me, well, what's one of the reasons you want to go into ministry? I said, I just want to be there for God's people. It was to proclaim the Word of God, but I wanted that connection with the people of God and bless the people of God. And all, I wanted that relationship with the people of God in such a way to benefit and be a blessing and encouragement to share the Word of God with them. But he, the, the, shep, the, the pastor is called the shepherd. And so he's a lead the flock. And just as you would maybe see you know, a shepherd lead the sheep. He is a lead by that example. And so you can see his example. You know his example. There he is. I can see him with my own eyes. So there needs to be a closeness, a relationship there built between the pastor and the church members. And so you should be able to see him and know him, his manner of preaching, and his public and, and private deportment, and, and his walk with God. His leadership. You should be able to view you know, the, 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 the shepherd doesn't drive the sheep, he leads the sheep. But the shepherd can't say to the sheep, you need to follow me right now. I mean, he, he's got to lead by example. Amen. <laughs> uh, I'm called upon, I think, to earn respect while at the same time that respect should be given for the position. That works both ways. He must not push the people, but gently lead them as a shepherd would lead a flock. It's, it's, it can be frustrating sometimes as a pastor. It really can. You, you, want the, you want people to do something, you know. You got something on your mind, your heart, you've preached it, you've taught it, you've lived it. And you're like, man, you just want to push people to do it. <laughs> but you can't. I've tried it. Let me tell you what, it doesn't work. If a, if a shepherd, if there's a flock of sheep, and he wants them to go that way, if a shepherd gets on the inside of the sheep, and starts to push. You know what happens to the sheep? They split. That's exactly what's happened to a lot of churches. It is, it is the, the, the pastors have, have tried to push right down the middle, and they've, they've split them. But if, if the shepherd leads the people, if he's in front of the people, 
you know what? Yeah, there will be some stragglers, but he's not going to divide them by that, by that example. At least he shouldn't. I, I am to lead. So pray for me because I, I want to do that. But who's my greatest example? I mean, you say, well, we're supposed to follow pastor. Well, well, well pastor, I thought we were supposed to follow Jesus. I, I'm getting there. <laughs> That's who I'm supposed to be following. That's who I'm supposed to be focused on. And that's one of the things you've got to pray for for your pastor because the, the, the pastor's great example is, is not, my greatest example is not of the preachers. My greatest example must be Jesus Christ Himself. My focus, my drive should be upon Him. He is the example of what a true man should be. He's the example of servanthood. He's the greatest example of what a shepherd should be. He laid down His life for the sheep. He sacrificed Himself for the sheep. He came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. And the pastor's got to make those kind of decisions where he, he's, he's choosing the flock over his own needs at times. The pastor's authority that may be addressed at times, his authority is to preach, to reprove, to rebuke, and to set an example of that and to lead in the Word of God with all long-suffering. With all long-suffering and doctrine. And I am to set Christ before you continually. Paul could say, follow me, but you know what? Paul followed Jesus. And that's who I, whom I need to follow. I need pray for me that I would be faithful to that, that. That I'm not trying to get the attention there, but I'm saying, yeah, while you're looking at me, I want you to see something else. I want you to see Jesus. Look to Jesus. Behold Jesus. Behold the Lamb. Let's follow Him together and follow me as I follow the Lord. So an example with the Word of God by living that out like Christ and to always have Christ before you. I'm not getting near as far as I want to this morning. I really didn't want to spend two weeks on this, so I'm going to try to just brush over a couple things. One of the things that the pastor needs to do as well is in, in that preaching and proclaiming of the Word of God is to seek out uh, other faithful men in the congregation that can also teach the Word of God. And Paul taught Timothy that there in 2 Timothy, in 2 Timothy in chapter 2, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2, he says, You therefore, my son, remember this is an, a pastor talking to a younger pastor, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. I mean, one of the things a pastor should be looking for are faithful men. Faithful men who can teach others also. That spreads the ministry out. Because here's the thing, it's not all about me. It's about the Word of God. It's about the Word of God. And so we need other men who are good examples, faithful and able to teach, who will help uh, further the work of the ministry and be a blessing to the ministry here. Um, this will help the church if, if several men are qualified and able to teach. It reinforces the truth that is proclaimed uh, from uh, the pulpit. And I think it's good because it shows people when other men get up to teach, it shows that it's about the Word of God. It's not about Him. I'm not saying all these things so make it about me. It's about the Word of God, the ministry of the Word. The pastor here is called upon to, to, to pass that word down unto others. And, but then he also says this, he said, Be strong in the graces in Christ and, 
And then, but then he says in, in verse 3, endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I mean, the pastor should, should have some tough skin on him, you know, as a good soldier. He needs to act like a soldier. With the Word of God, taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We don't, we don't need woke pastors. I need to be awake, not woke. We, we need a church that is willing to be, have a pastor willing to be a soldier, to, to ward off the wolves, to stand up to the evils of the day. Now, one of the things that, that the pastor is called upon and, and that I need to do as well is, is while at the same time I'm not to be given to serving tables or it's not to be the, the thrust of the ministry, also the pastor, he needs to be there for the people in times of need. And, and this, this really goes back as well to it's not the same as you know listening to a, a radio preacher or internet preacher that you're listening to because uh, they're not going to do that for you. They can't do that. Because one of my responsibilities is to be there physically for you to minister to you in your times of need. And Jeremiah 23 and verse 1 says, Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of Israel, against the shepherds who feed my people, you have scattered my flock, driven them away, and not attended to them, Behold, I will attend to you for the evil of your doings, says the Lord. And so my responsibility is to minister to the flock of God. And so it's being there to feed you and to not scatter you and all of those things. To, to be sharing a word with you in times of discouragement and sickness. A word for you. Time of loss or distress. The pastor should be there present to help, to aid spiritually, with counseling, with prayer. I, I like it when church members call me and say, hey, pastor, can you pray for me right now? I've done, I do that all the time. I, I like doing that. I know it, it can be busy, it can be hectic, and maybe you can't come by the office, and that's fine. But, hey, God gave us telephones. I don't mind that. I really don't mind. If you say, pastor, i got like three minutes here. I'm on my lunch break. i got to get back, but I'm having a rough day with something. Give me a briefing of it real quick and say, but or not give me a briefing. I don't care. Just say, Pastor, do you mind praying for me? I, I don't mind doing that. Sometimes it's just it's, it's a way of sharing burdens. I used to just I used to just say, okay, I'll pray for you, and they say, okay, and I hang up the phone. I'm more apt now to actually pray for you, okay, right then, okay. It's a little awkward at first to pray on the phone. It always was kind of a little awkward, but I've grown out of that. Okay, I don't mind praying. God hears us, you know. Either way. But that's one of the things I should be available for. Being present. And like I said, you can't get that from a pastor hundreds of miles away. It's a special relationship. At least it should be. The pastor and the members of the, of, of the church. The people that he has called upon to shepherd. The flock of God which is among him. And so I have a responsibility there. And, and here's the thing where it sometimes gets tricky. Is it's not, everybody's different. I know, I know we're running out of time here, so I'm going to try to wrap some things up. I'm not getting everything. but um, here, Here's something I've struggled with my whole ministry is sometimes knowing when to be present. That's a real struggle for a pastor. I want you to know that. It's not that I don't want to be present. It's sometimes it's knowing when to be present. That takes, a lot, that takes some discernment. It takes some prayer. 
And sometimes I've messed up. <laughs> sometimes I've looked back on things like, oh, I should have been there. But that's where communication is really good. And so just being open and communicating with me. Uh, sometimes you might expect, well, the pastor will be there because he was, for, he was with so-and-so in this other situation. It's kind of similar, so pastor should be there for us. Well, they might have contacted me and told me to be there. Or maybe I'm not aware of the situation. So what I'm saying is, is don't be too hard on me if I'm not present for something and you wanted me to be present for something and you didn't ask me to be present. <laughs> Some things I just show up for. Because <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm going to be there. You know, I'm going to be present. Uh, but sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I should go to that or not. Don't they want me there or not? And that's okay. I'm not saying you've got to have your pastor there for everything. But I want to be there for what you need me for. So just communicate, okay? Just communicate. If you, if you want me there, just let me know. Let me know. Now, so I'm not going to mention the other two things that I have here about being a witness. I am to do the work of an evangelist and help you with that as well. I need to care for my own family. We kind of mentioned that last week. Uh, really, really quick, we won't look at the passages of Scripture for this, but here's some ways you can help your pastor, real quick. Ways to help your pastor. Uh, one, pray. My first responsibility is what? To pray for you. Well, guess what? Pray for me. It works both ways. Pray that I do what I said I, would, I should do according to the Word of God. Pray that I keep Jesus Christ the focus of the ministry here. It's easy to get sidetracked. Pray that His Word would have preeminence in the ministry here. Pray for that the glory of God would have preeminence here. That Christ would be preeminent in all things here at New Testament Baptist Church. That's my desire. If it doesn't look like that's what's happening, and if that's not what's happening, know that that's not what I want happening because I want Christ to have preeminence here in all things. I want us to love Him, know Him, be like Him, obey Him, and be ready for Him. Pray that I keep that focus. Say, well, Pastor, what is your big vision for New Testament Baptist Church? It, it is very simple. I just gave it. That we love Jesus, know Jesus, be like Jesus, obey Jesus, and be ready for Jesus. That is it in a nutshell. I don't want to lose focus of that. So pray for your pastor. The Apostle Paul would often ask prayers of the church. If he would ask prayers, I think I need him too. Secondly, respect your pastor. And I really appreciate this so much. I get this very well uh, from here. Members should show a, a tender and affectionate regard for the pastor who watches for their souls. A good passage for that would be 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 and 13. Thirdly, follow and obey the truth of the Word of God which is proclaimed. Hebrews 13, verse 7 and verse 17, to obey them which have the rule over you. And of course, that same one are those who diligently give the Word of God. So it's obeying the Word of God that is proclaimed. Uh, fourthly, uh, be faithful to attend the services uh, it's discouraging when members don't show up to eat what has been prepared. Fifthly, care for the physical needs of the pastor, and you do that well. Thank you so much, because it frees me up to do the work of the ministry, to not have to worry about those kind of uh, burdens. So thank you so much. I want to say this as I, as I close this out. Church, thank you for taking care of your pastor. I really do mean that. Um, I know you take well care of me uh, financially, you take care of me and my family, our needs. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I talk to a lot of pastors, and, and they, they don't have that privilege sometimes. And a lot, lot, a lot of pastors are working two jobs, and, 
and, and all of that. And I thank you for that freedom and that liberty to be able to focus on the ministry of the Word here. And so thank you for that, uh, for the financial relief I have to be able to focus on that. But, but also make sure you pray for your pastor. I desire that too as well. Pray for me, and I know you do. I'm sure you do. But pray for your pastor and because uh, and I, I need it. Say amen. That's the biggest amen I've gotten in a while. <laughs> I love you guys. I tell you, been here, uh, June, I accepted the call to come here uh, 14 years ago in, in March, I think it was. So this month, I mean, 14 years, I accepted the call to come up. We moved up in June, be here 14 years in June. I, I, sometimes I feel like I just got started. I just got, just not, my feet just now hit the ground. And I want to keep that, you know. I, I've lost that sometimes along the way. I want to keep that feeling. I'm just, I'm, my, my feet have just hit the ground. I'm ready to do the ministry. There's so much more I want to get accomplished, so much more I want to do. And uh, just, just pray for me. And uh, I don't want to lose focus of what I need to do. Uh, but church, we, we have a high calling, a great God. Let's serve him together. Amen? All right. Let's go in song service. Thank you.